never stop creating. It doesn't matter what direction you're creating in. Visual, audio, writing, just create until you can't create anymore. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to provide insight and wisdom into all things mental health, to sit down with individuals and talk about their journey, how they've broken free from the chains that bind them, to find their flame, their passions, and purpose. Welcome to the podcast. As always, your host, Steve Wopolinik. Super excited to have you here today to listen to episode 84 of our podcast. We're getting closer to 100. Our guest today is Erica Darden-Dennis, and she's an amazing person. Really happy to have her on the podcast today to join us in conversations about finding your passions and pursuing your passions and breaking free from things in life that hold us back. So Erica and I get to sit down and talk in depth about her origin story and how it happened later in life than origin stories often do. We're often conditioned to think of origin stories starting when we were younger, but for Erica, it started when she was an adult and really led to her chasing her passions and finding a place for her that allowed her to focus on who she was and recapture that. I'm really excited for y'all to listen to this. And there's some great gems of knowledge about how to do those things and find your passions and to be able to cultivate that for other people as well. Now, we reference something in this podcast that we referenced it a couple times about how Erica helped transform me into Wolverine. And I was so enwrapped in the conversation with Erica, we never actually talked about how that happened. So I want you all to stay tuned until the very end of the podcast. We'll, we'll end the podcast. It will, it will have the outro music play. And then after that, I'll give a little description of what happened and how Erica turned me from a super geek nerd into Wolverine. So without further ado, please join me in knowing the awesomeness that is Erica. Welcome back to the podcast, listeners. Our guest today is Erica Darden-Dennis, a good friend of mine from way back years ago when I was living in New Jersey working for Crate and Barrel, and I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. So thank you for showing up and bringing the warmth and laughter and light that you always do. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of humbling in this episode and a lot of laughter, I think. And 
Uh, a lot of talking about that time you made me into Wolverine, I think. That was so. the best. <laughs> it's a little teaser. We'll get into it a little bit deeper. Um, so Erica, as always, you know, I just have people come on. We do a quick introduction and I let you kind of talk about your origin story with the concept of finding your passion, chasing your flame and breaking free from those chains that so often bind us. So I'm wondering if you could give the listeners a little tidbit of your origin story and how you got to where you're at today and what you're doing. Funny enough, that's, yeah, I can. Um, my origin story actually comes from my divorce and um, how going through the divorce and having that experience put me in a position where I actually had to make some choices for myself and I had to get to know myself again so that I knew what I wanted to do. And I remember being in the courtroom. This is something I can speak about. My ex-husband and I, we speak freely about this. I remember being in the courtroom and um, my ex-husband was saying something to the effect of if she wants to be a creative, she should go to school for it. Like she should go to school for it. I shouldn't have to be the person in charge of that. And that led me to cosmetology school. I was like, well, fine, I'll go. And that opened up such a wide array of doors as far as makeup, hair, barbering, nails. Like I literally got to submerge myself in the whole lifestyle and I met people and it took me on just a whole new journey that I am so happy that I went through. I'm proud of my journey. Um, and it has me here where I'm actually getting ready to open my own salon in like two weeks. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, in the podcast will probably come out around the same time. So awesome. Perfect. perfect. I got listeners <laughs> out there, you know, you know what to do, you know, show up at the salon and yes, you know, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such a powerful origin story, I think, because most people will think, oh, okay, uh, origin stories oh, when I was a kid and, you know, really tie back to that. And I think in a sense that that is kind of what we see in comic books or uh, movies or, or things of that nature. But I do think what you're illustrating is a, a super important part of the origin story is that shit can happen at any time in your life. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it, <laughs> I think social norms kind of push this thing and in, in growing up and going through school. It's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I found myself asking my daughter that at one point when she was younger. And I was like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you're just re recycling this, you know, norm that doesn't make any sense. Let her do what she needs to do and she'll get to where she wants to be. And mm -hmm. surprisingly, not surprisingly, because she, she's a, a, you know, a firecracker. She, yeah. she's, she <laughs> keeps me on my toes. We used to call her danger room when she was a baby because it was training me and my wife how to parent and yeah oh no she's doing this now okay yeah and so uh her response was always like well, i'm just gonna be myself i want to be Mirabelle. beautiful yes Mirabelle. and i was like <laughs> you are four and you might not get the significance of that response but that's amazing and it's real yep yeah i just wanted to touch on that because that's from what you're saying in the midst of something that most people would be like this was a low period of my life nothing's coming after this you found this rebirth of, of self yeah. and I think that's powerful and beautiful yeah, definitely what's funny with you mentioning what do you want to be when you grow up I actually ask adults that all the time because I think we get caught in this idea that like oh I'm 41 42 whatever I'm I'm supposed to be in a certain spot and mm -hmm. now you're still growing until you close your eyes 
you're still growing up. So it's like, well, what do you want to do? What's next? And there's always a next. I never want to get so complacent that I'm like, ah, here I am. I'm always looking for the next thing. I'm always grateful for what I have, but I'm always looking for the next thing. There's always more out there. So, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was holding in this cough because I swallowed my oh, salsa man. around. <laughs> but I thought that was amazingly said, so I didn't want to interrupt by just coughing. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you're right. And that's one of the reasons I brought it up because, you know, I see a lot of young kids who go into college and they have this crisis once they go into college freshman mm-hmm. year or sophomore year and or even applying to colleges and they just feel so beaten down. Oh, that person knows what they're going to do. Oh, that person right. has this lined up. I don't have that. I'm you know, they're judging themselves by this barometer of other people, which we so yeah. often do, but it's a false equivalent equivalency because it's that person's not you. And that, that, that person may seem like they know what they're doing, yeah, but yeah. they most likely don't. <laughs> right. Know? We're all out here just trying to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I always tell people of my journey with that. And the whole reason I started psychology in college was because of, um, that TV show with Alan Thicke, where he's a therapist, Growing Pains. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it came up on an aptitude test. And I'm like, oh, you should be a therapist. And I was like, well, Alan Thicke seems like he's got some money. That house yeah. was nice. All right. Work from home. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I'll do that. And then I had that same kind of crisis in college. I was like, I don't, why am I chasing something I don't know if I want? I don't yeah. know what, what this all means. And then obviously we met shortly after my college experience with mm-hmm. your you know, I, I was like, well, I want to run away from psychology as much as I can. I want to come into management and, yeah. and start that track. And so given that time, we often think we need to know when we're 18. Yeah. It's like, that's like a fifth of your lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a small sliver, but it's so important in that moment, in the moment. that you don't see the other options. So I like what you're saying, where it's like, Till you until you close your eyes for that last time you're you're growing yeah yep yeah and i mean even after that for a little bit because your hair and your nails yes your nails are still growing yes <laughs> but in terms of mental capacity we're talking about pretty much done here yeah here. <laughs> it does not equate to nails and hair that's a whole different <laughs> so you went to cosmetology school and what really spoke to you about that what made you say oh okay like let me try this out besides you know um your ex-husband saying hey you should do this work and do something do <laughs> um i was always attracted to barbering I, I thought i was like i'd be a cool lady barber and um when I went to sign up for school, I was going to just do barbering. And of course they upsell you. And they're like, no, take the whole program. Cause then you could do anything you want. And when I tell right. you, I went in and fell in love with everything, um, especially color, which mm-hmm. is my specialty. I'm a colorist. And um, it opened my eyes to how different cultures, cultures and ethnicities and societies view view hair, deal with their hair. Right. And it just created this movement for me to help women embrace their hair. Um, not just women of color, mm-hmm. being a woman of color, it's definitely one of my my major, my major um, points, but curly hair. 
in general. It has been looked down on and frowned upon. And I just fell in love with curly hair. And I was like, nah, we gotta, we have to make this a thing. And there are a few people that were starting it and now it's becoming a bigger movement, which I'm really excited about. But um, dealing with clients on a day-to-day basis that have really been impacted by how society has said like, you're, you're not good enough because your hair doesn't look a certain way. Right. Um, the fact that it's now legal in certain states to wear your hair natural is still mind blowing to me. Um, <laughs> it's wild, but that's been the mission that has come from cosmetology school. Just, I remember being in um, on the senior floor, as they call it. That's the floor. That's when you're at the level where you can start doing hair. Mm-hmm. And whenever someone black came in, they give them to me. Like here, Erica. And it's like, well, all right, but I want to do all, I want to do all textures, but right. everybody else would be afraid. And I'm like, why? So now I'm a student that's essentially like showing other students, like, this is what we do. This is how you do. This is how you make it work. Like hair is hair. And even though certain ethnicities might be more, um, certain textures might be more prominent in different ethnicities, every ethnicity has every texture. Like, mm-hmm. And it's just really cool to be able to show that, embrace that, show people how to work and manage their hair, how to feel good in their hair. Um, that's where my slogan came from. I love your texture. I'm all about it. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what came from it. I, I feel like I'm that one. No, no. <laughs> hey, trust me. This is this is the stereotypical, like one of the first podcasts you ever do. You always feel like you're babbling for a yeah. little while, but it, it's all synced <laughs> and it's all tied into it. And I was going to talk about the shirt you're wearing. This is I love your oh, texture. Yes. And I think that's my thing. That's, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I think you're right. It, you know, the history of, of hair just in general has so many different connotations to it on, on yeah. you know, the norm, as we, we say, which is uh, unfortunately often created by white people. It's like, hey, this is what you do, you know, mm-hmm. able bodied white people who are are just kind of talking about like well this is normal so you subscribe to this and I think like you're saying as you as you kind of move forward as we're moving forward as a culture and hopefully more towards a a generative place um you're seeing these movements of people wearing their hair naturally on tv as an anchor or like Mm -hmm. you said (laughs) yeah ridiculousness of that oh it's legal to do this now yeah is, is is such you, you know a mark on our culture but I love that you're embracing that and you're helping people find that connection to it yeah it's um, t- it's tough too because it even though I grew up of course with I've had relaxed hair and natural hair um I grew up thankfully in a household where my family you are who you are like it was almost hippy dippy like <laughs> <laughs> um but to have clients in my chair that are literally nervous like physically nervous to wear their hair out it's wild to me I'm like wow but that is they've been told over generations not even years mm-hmm. generations of people telling them like no that's not you you, you look unkept like you don't look finished and it's like, that's crazy yeah. especially when people try to get like um super spiritual or religious it's like well if God made me in his image why is my hair wrong like if that's the case why is my hair wrong so right a lot it's really heavy sometimes but it's also very therapeutic for me to be able to help people so because yeah. when you see it click 
And it's like, ah, yeah. And you feel, they start to feel good. It's like, wow, they go, oh my God, I didn't know my hair could do this. Those are the things that are really, really rewarding to me. So, yeah. I think that's great too, because I think it's often overlooked in terms of obviously, you know, a lot of what I do is mental health based and health based mm -hmm. in general. And I think there are these connecting points that when we talk about mental health, we often think, oh, just the brain. And, right. you know, I have a whole curriculum the nonprofits working on is just looking at our mind as different parts of our body because we all get information from our heart, from our nervous system, mm -hmm. from our stomach, from, you know, the fascia and the muscles in our body, as yeah. well as the brain. And, you know, so we do this thing called the six minds of mental health, and it's about coherence building be between all these minds. And the sixth mind is um, social, this concept of social engagement on many different levels. It can be culture, it could be religion, it could just be engaging even on social media of finding some kind of connection and yeah. community. And, you know, people will talk about hair or makeup or nails in this way that's like oh you know fashion and things of that nature but it goes deeper into connecting to these minds and feeling that coherence between them of oh I feel accepted yep. I feel like myself I feel connected to this and to the point where your posture actually changes with your, the emotions that you have right so I could see you know someone coming in and being nervous and then leaving with like this different yeah posture absolutely because of that connection Yep. It's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had women cry when we're like shampooing. When you talk about the fashion, I remember that little teensy bit from when I was a massage therapist, <laughs> just to have a, um, women relax. And I have male clients too, but predominantly women sit back in the sink and actually take a deep breath and relax while getting their hair washed. And then just tears. Like it's a, it's a, it's a lot of energy that goes on in the salon. And I know, you know, there's the, the idea of like women gabbing, but it's a lot of times people are coming to like release a lot of tension and they don't realize that's all happening at the sink. You've got the sound of the water, somebody massaging your head and all of a sudden they're just like, <laughs> let it, we just let it flow. Yeah. <laughs> I know I do. They joke at my salon that I'm like a therapist, like, <laughs> like let it flow. It's okay. But yeah, it, there's a lot of you see a lot of different mental health situations in the salon because it is such a vulnerable place. When someone's touching you, they um, sometimes they get more comfortable, they tell you things and it's just, yeah, it can be a very heavy and spiritual place yeah. um, in the salon. So it's very cool. There's I love all, it. Everything you just mentioned is grounding into that moment and being present, right? Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned the shampooing because I historically go to just whatever barber is, is near where I am, oh. and <laughs> one, which doesn't always work out great for me. To be crashes, honest. But you know, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, one of the things is I, I actually went to a salon one time to get my my hair done, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, let's um, shampoo your hair," and I was like, "What? What are you talking?" Right. <laughs> And I remember going and sitting in the chair and like you're saying, I was like, this is amazing. I mm -hmm. only want to get this done from now yep. on because it is relaxing. You can just kind of sit back and, you know, you don't often have someone massage your head like that, mm -hmm. except for yourself when you're showering and, you know, doing all that stuff. So there is this uh, connection, connecting point to that mm -hmm. for sure.
Absolutely. Um, so I think it's very, very cool. We've had a guest on before too, who talked um, a lot about the mission that he was doing to use barbershops to, to get to fight stigmas of mental health and mm-hmm. in the South specifically and, and kind of broadening out from that. And I think everything you just said makes a ton of sense why that works and why he's been so successful in the mission that he's been doing is because there is this coming together, there is this community and yeah. that's really the work, right? Yeah. Like you can come to me for therapy and we'll do some good work, but it's more about building this community and, mm-hmm. and connection. Yeah, so I think that's amazing. It's very yeah. cool. What about, te- what about texture really spoke to you and like doing colors? Okay. Color is just, I'm a colorful creature in general. I'm, I love vibrancy. Um, I'm like a crazy plant lady. I love green. Like I just love. <laughs> <laughs> As there's the energy five plants behind you and a yes. bunch of color. <laughs> in the I love the energy that comes from color. There's a little bit of that color therapy in it. Um, and I think just getting people to a place where they feel comfortable enough to express themselves through color. It's like, a, it's a cool way to just express yourself. Everybody doesn't have to be lime green, right. but if you, you know, if you find that color for that client that makes them feel like themselves, that's always a plus. As far as texture goes, um, I think my daughter might've been the, the biggest catalyst she has never had a relaxer. And it's funny living in a house with three generations because my mother is so old school. She's like, what are you doing? Your hair's not done. And my daughter's like, my hair's done. Like, it doesn't matter. So um, just always wanting her to feel strong and secure in who she is naturally. She can absolutely throw on a wig if she wants to. She can get a weave when she's old enough if she wants to. But underneath it all, I wanted her to feel comfortable with who she was and how how she was naturally before we can go and explore other stuff. Um, So I had to preach that, I had to walk that. And um, that's what I do in the salon too. So I'm all about just like, okay, I've let her be her as far as her hair goes. That's her her safe space to do what she wants, how she wants. And I feel like it's fueled her creativity. She's absolutely a phenomenal artist. But we don't, we never put anything on her or so far, I hope, you know, as a mom, you never know until they get older, (laughs) (laughs) like you said, but I try to let her just be her and show her that that is beautiful. And um, yeah, that's the same thing I bring to the salon. Like I, I, because I work with all textures, of course, I understand how to work with all textures and everyone that comes in my seat, especially if they're new to embracing their natural side, feels like they have the most difficult, most problem problematic texture but just to be able to stand there and be like no I got you I'm gonna show you what to do and it's gonna be good and you're gonna be happy that that's exciting to me yeah it's such a powerful message to say you can do whatever you want connect to who you are Mm -hmm. so that you know what firm base you can get off of that you push off of so that you can explore these things yeah and know where to come back to um I I feel like through my transitions in life, I'm sure most adults go through it, um, that losing yourself. Mm. And it's really hard when you, when you lose yourself and you can't remember who you were and how you were, it's really hard to get back to that. So just helping her when it comes to like her natural hair and stuff, like I said, just, this is you. And this is really dope kid. So remember this, cause there's gonna be times when you, of course here in the house, you're safe, right? Um, you can have your fro and blah, blah, blah. You're going to go somewhere where someone's going to say something. 
And I just want that foundation to be strong enough where it doesn't shake her. And she feels like, oh, well, maybe I should do. No, 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 no. Nothing that you don't want to do for yourself. Everything else is just out, outside chatter. So, yeah. And yeah, bringing that same thing to the salon. I think like that loss of self is significant. And as you're talking about, we're talking about being parents. I think that's a big thing with parenthood too, is when you have a child, there is this, this point where it's like, okay, who am, who am I? I'm a parent now too, but who am I individually? And how do I take care of myself? I can, I can do self-care for the family. I can do Mm -hmm. self-care for a relationship I'm in. I can do all this stuff, but I have to prioritize doing self-care for me so I don't lose that thread. And it is very much as as trite as it is. It's putting your oxygen mask on first so that Absolutely. you can help them. So being a good role model in that. And I think one of the coolest things about, for me, being a parent and, and coming back to, it's like, my job is not to be punitive. My job is not to have power struggles with my daughter. Uh-huh. they do happen yeah. <laughs> like we're all human right and so they have we have to test to, their boundaries yeah you no know, you have yeah. to come back and kind of work through it but I think um, my tattoo artist uh, Jeremy said this to me one time when he was tattooing me and I thought it was really pertinent it was this idea that your job as a parent is to help guide them and you know, you have that prefrontal cortex developed, you have that rational. So your job is to help them build that Mm -hmm. because even though it's not fully formed, you give them this outline of that. And I I always remember that. Unfortunately, Jeremy has passed, but um, I remember that moment because it it came at the most random space. I'm getting tattooed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which again is, you know, there were times we just talked about comic books for three hours as he's tattooing me, but we always had these deep conversations. And I always remember that specific one is your job is not to engage in power struggles. Your job is to be that rational brain for that child. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. And so when I feel lost, I can kind of ground into all right, like what what kind of morals or values is it that I felt connected to growing up so I can help my daughter do that? And then inevitably I can kind of find a, a trace of myself and come back to that. Yep. Oh, that's dope. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you started the conversation. <laughs> Thank you. So, I did, you I, know. did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give credit where credit's due. So you're opening your, your own salon. Do you mind kind of sharing where it is and what the name is so we can kind sure of- it's um it's called textures by erica d beauty mm-hmm. um erica d beauty is my social name mm-hmm. um it's in clifton i think it's 1051 bloomfield avenue in clifton it's in a salon suite so that's exciting it's a new venture for me in a different direction it's um a whole community of artists in under one roof which is very fun actually I, I at first I was a little apprehensive but I was like no this is pretty cool and um the vibe is very me uh there's plants <laughs> color yeah there's plants in color but it's not like you're you're not walking into like a Crayola box but it is really it's really different. I'm excited to my specialty of course will be color clipper cuts and curls so um that's my thing that's what I do I'm really excited to start first week in February. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. I'm yeah. I, I have to say, it took, as silly as this sounds, it took me forever in in following you on social media when you say Erica D. Beauty. I was always 
I, I would read it and I was like, oh, that's fun. It's like Erica the Beauty. Erica the Beauty, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's great. And then in preparing for this, I'm like, oh yeah, her last name starts with a D too. So <laughs> I just kind of read into it a little bit too much, but uh, I, I do the I same thing with everybody's social. Trust me, I will mesh it, mush it, yeah, all the time. So I <laughs> you're not so, alone. <laughs> so for me, I, as I, I kind of told you before, um, one of the reasons I really wanted to catch up with you and have you come on the podcast is because of you chasing, you know, this, this passion that you have and, you know, exploring this passion and, and, you know, finding these waypoints say, okay, I, I like this. I want to spend attention to this. And, um, you know, as we knew each other, we referenced the Wolverine thing. We'll get, to, <laughs> I'm going to keep <laughs> So people keep listening until the end. They have to. <laughs> um, but for me, that one of the reasons I really felt connected about having you on is because you've always been a really passionate person, even if mm. in those moments that you you know you've mentioned that you've lost yourself. But we, I feel like we connected through joking around and kind of being hooligans in, in yes. the store a little bit. And yeah. then also, you know, for for one of the biggest things for me was just talking to you about music and your yes. passion for singing and, and music of that nature always um always really inspired me um that creative aspect of it and so you know I don't know if you're still heavy in that or if you're recording anything I, I went through your social media back to like new crew and mm -hmm. the chemistry just to to listen before and yeah. I was like this is so good <laughs> so awesome I will say that I cannot wait to get back into singing. Um, everything slowed down, of course, with the pandemic. I think yep. we had our last show right before the lockdown and that show mm. was amazing. But uh, my partner who is with me on the chemistry, he actually like lives out of the country now. He has a fiance. So life has been lifing and we still connect and we have, we have like one track left to mix down before our project together is done. Mm -hmm. So, I'll keep you posted on that one. <laughs> um, but hopefully I can definitely get back into music. You know, it's hard to reconnect with some of the artists because a lot of people aren't still creating and it's finding new people and the music is changing. And, um, but I, I hope to get back into it like I was before. Um, definitely, I miss it a lot. I love it. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna say I'm not doing it. I'm just on hiatus right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, great. Yeah. Well, and, and so, let me just kind of speak to why it really spoke to me because I grew up with my brother really listening to, you know, the nineties uh, hip hop and really connecting yep. to the soulfulness of, of that. And, you know, um, people like Yasin Bey, who is a fantastic rapper, right. Yeah. But also has this powerful voice when he's singing and, and kind of putting that feeling in, into his music, which I, I think is great. I love Common. I love Talib mm -hmm. Kweli. Yeah. But their flows but, are very succinct. It's always yeah. the same flow where you have Yasin who's just changes it up and kind of flows into it. Omi says, and um, I can't remember the other one. He had a song where it's like, if you can walk, you can sing. If, if you can walk, if you can talk, you can sing. If you can walk, you can dance. And that was just the whole song. Yeah. I but it had this song. nice flow music. Okay. I said, I don't know that one. Wait a minute. All right. I go think ahead, it's on The Magic, his album, The Magic. Okay. Um, it's a really good, it's an old proverb he he kind of put music to and, mm -hmm. and just kind of connected to it. But those, I love his his rapping too, but those two songs just really hit me 
in a weird, not in a weird way, but in a different way than so resonated with you. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so also, I remember um, getting your first album that you had and listening to that on my <laughs> drive from New Jersey back to Massachusetts and from Massachusetts back to New Jersey. Hey. And that had that similar feel to it, right? Like this real soulful Jill Scott kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it. And um, so that's one of the reasons I wanted to connect to you too. Kind of just so I could re-listen to the music. Yes. And then this is a byproduct <laughs> that we can actually, you know. Definitely. Well, thank you. I listen, I appreciate the love. There will be more. As a matter of fact, I'll email you some stuff that I'm behind the scenes. I got All you. right. <laughs> now I am amped up. Thank you. <laughs> um, so it, it, music is so versatile for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's different. You you get out of it what you get out of it. And it's different. Like we were talking about for different people, there, there's these connecting points to it. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the process for you and, and why you connect so hard to that. Um, let's see. I have been a vocalist since like six years old. So it's something that came naturally to me. I think my first muse was Sade. Mm-hmm. Like I heard her and I, I and I think she stuck with me so hard that lyrically when I would write, it would still have that type of energy. Mm-hmm. Just really melodic sounds and simple wording. Like, oh, that's everything to me. <laughs> um, so, uh, wait, what was your question? <laughs> the process, of, like, why do you connect to music and, and yeah, creation? It's words. So without getting like too wildly hippy-dippy, um, I feel like words, lyrics, songs are equivalent to spells. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's, a, there's an intention and energy behind music that creates an emotion like when when the song is hyped up that groove the beat that is pushing you to be like yeah like hyped up and vice versa when it's like a saxophone and it's really mellow that is it's shifting your mood and um I think that it's just music is literally magical like it will it can change your day it can make you feel better make you feel sad it could validate how you feel when I tell you Beyonce is lemonade validated (laughs) I was like yes yes (laughs) um so yeah I I just think music is really really magical it's powerful it affects children that don't even know what the words mean it can have the same effect on a child as it does on an adult so I just even if you don't speak the language that energy in the music does the same thing across the world so yeah that's what I I love it It makes me feel like a magician yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with you like I have <laughs> this whole, whole episode because I think same thing. It's like there are different moods and different music, music styles that you connect to in different moods. And depending mm-hmm. on regulating uh, what you're looking for, there are a ton of clients I talk to who when sad, they just want to listen to sad music and not yeah. to make them more sad, but to connect, like feel like they're seen. Right. Yep. And, you know, if you don't have that connection, you don't realize that there's health in that. It's great Mm -hmm. to kind of be seeking that out. You you get nervous. Well, I don't want you to make, be more sad by listening to sad things. A lot of times it's like, (laughs) dude, I'm already there. I need to connect. I need to feel seen. I think that's 
super amazing. And, you know, I think there are days that you really want verbose kind of music, like mm-hmm. Del the Funky Homo Sapien and, and mm-hmm. just kind of connecting to, all right, let's see what I can pick out. And then there are days that you just want to vibe and the simplest lyrics, like you said, have so yeah. much impact. And I think I, I can't wait to listen to the music you sent me. Now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think one of the, when it comes to Sade, she had, her lyric was, I'll, I'll wash the sand from the shores. I'll give you the world if it was mine. I was like, do you know what you got to do to wash sand <laughs> from a shore? Like, wow. like those are the things. Who else? Prince. His um, Adore You. Oh my God. Just until the end of time, I'll be there for you. You are my heart and mind. Truly, I adore you. If God one day strikes me blind, your beauty I'd still see. Love's too weak to define just what you mean to me. I was like, that's amazing. Like that will make me cry. <laughs> I'm like, oh, to love that deeply, geez. And but so simply at that, like right. it's nothing all like it, it's so simple. Stevie Wonder, he's another one. The lyrics to um, As, mm-hmm. that's absurd. Like, it's so simple. He's like, I'm going to love you even when the earth starts to revolve in a different direction. Like, <laughs> like that's so dope. So dope. I so. just read a thing on Stevie Wonder actually too. And like his, um, his writing credits are so superfluous. Like there's so, <laughs> so much that you don't even realize how much, how many popular songs he yes. wrote for other yes. artists. I, yeah, yeah he, he's definitely one person I can just kind of chill out and vibe. Just to, play, yeah. <laughs> and, and some people don't understand it, but I'm like, I, I'll listen to him saying happy birthday, man. Like, yeah. that, <laughs> that song has so much to it and it's so sim- simplistic, but, you know. Have you ever heard, um, is it called Why Didn't You Stay? Or no, I Never Dreamed You'd Leave in Summer. If you ever get a chance to listen to that song. I'll write it down. It's, it's one of his old ones. You can hear like the popping of the vinyl, like it's an old one. That's a beautiful song. You might cry. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take much nowadays. Watching right. Encanto with my daughter, I cry, yes. I cry every time. Just like, ah, oh, there's so much family dynamic. Oh. <laughs> my kids, they know. Mom cries at everything, everything. everything. Moana's another one. I was yep. a mess when, you know, the... <laughs> The grandmother turned into spirit. Yes. It was, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Don't look over here. I'm, I'm just going to be here sobbing. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I love that you're chasing these passions in many different ways and still creating mm-hmm. music because I think as cliche as this is going to sound, I think the world is better for the creation of the music that you make. And Thank you. Oh. <laughs> thank you very much all right now are you ready for the lightning round heavy hitting questions all right let's do it all right <laughs> so first question is if you could have any superpower what would it be and why i want to say i was thinking about this but superpower hmm can you say i think I like the idea of phasing. <laughs> I think I like the idea of phasing, like just be yeah. able to walk through stuff. Like Kitty Pride style. Yeah, I like that one. That might be my number one. I used to like, I feel like it's a little cliche and I'm like, oh, 
mind reading. I don't, no, I don't want to know everything you're thinking. I don't. That's too heavy. Especially nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't need that. Um, I'm trying to think of all my little superhero stuff that I watch. I think phasing might be the speed, like the flash. Yeah, that's right. another so- good. So here's a trick to that, right? If, okay. if you take speed and you're the flash, right? You can face I your walls because you yes, can move mo- molecules so fast. Right? That's the one, yes. <laughs> people that's don't, in, until the show came out, people didn't really realize like how versatile his powers were right. because, oh, they're super fast. Like, yeah. He can make cyclones from his hands. He can mm-hmm. run on water. He can face through things. He can freeze. That's a good one. Yeah, All right. that's, good that's my choice. All right. So <laughs> Erica the Flash. Um Erica the Flash. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um second question would be like, what do you believe your true life superpower is and why? Um, probably empathy. I can feel when it's not right. When it's I can feel when it's right, when it's not right. And um and I'm okay with everything that I feel from other people so I can help them along, um, let them feel seen and felt. Um, I've been that way for a very long time. I think that's where my like uh, nurturing spirit comes from. But empathy would be my super my superpower. Nice. So yeah. it's a double-edged sword, but it's a great superpower. It is. For sure. Thank you. It is. Nice. <laughs> I always tell people, who are really empathetic that it, there's a good value to doing something that's assertive as mm-hmm. well. Something that maybe even bordering on a little aggressiveness to kind of balance out. Balance that, it out. That I love create bo- those boundaries. You like what? Boxing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're an empath who will beat the shit out of someone. Yes. <laughs> they cross that boundary. Absolutely. We need more of that. Um, <laughs> Well, Erica, it's been awesome to kind of sit with you and catch up and, and you know, share these insights and talk about your passions. I think there's a lot, a lot of gems of knowledge here for people to connect to and, and kind of um, start planting those seeds or cultivating a ground where seeds can kind of be planted. Um, if you had one thing that you want our listeners to take away from this episode, what, what would that message be if you could boil everything down? Um, if I could boil it down, it would be to never stop creating. Doesn't matter what direction you're creating in. Visual, audio, writing, just create until you can't create anymore. That's it. I love it. It's a create great message. Beauty. There we go. Create beauty. Create beauty. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, thank you. I've had an amazing time talking with you. I you too, Steve. I'm really honored that you uh, came on today. Thank you.
All right, so you stay tuned for the whole podcast. I'm glad you listened to it. Here's the story about me transforming into Wolverine. So when, when I met Erica, I was living in New Jersey. We were working for the same company, Crate and Barrel. And it was around Halloween where I really wanted to be Wolverine. I had put some, um, I had made some makeshift claws. I had gotten my outfit all together wearing the relaxed Wolverine look with the leather jacket. And she was dabbling in doing hair and makeup at the time before she went to school for it. And I asked her if she could help me figure out how to make my hair, which was much longer at the time and very curly, into the trademarked Wolverine look. So she arrived early at 8 a.m. before we opened the store. She wasn't even working. She came in early and she used a heater to flatten my hair and then used some product to angle it up into the points. And it was the best Wolverine outfit I ever had. I got a lot of comments on it. And I really, really enjoyed connecting with her again and talking about this experience and what she's doing now with hair. And I, I saw that very early on in what she was doing. And I'm really excited that she's living this life where she's able to do that. And I don't know if I have a picture of it. It's probably somewhere on social media, but I really just thank her again for helping this geeky young, young man turn into his favorite superhero at the time. So that's the story. Uh, hopefully it was worth, <laughs> worth the wait.